Hello, welcome back to Being Black with Camille Smith. And today we are welcoming my friend, Maya Massenberg. She is a Glen Allen, Virginia native, and she actually graduated with me in May of 2020 from Villanova with her Bachelor of Science in Chemical Engineering with a minor in Biochemical Engineering, all while she was a Division I athlete on a volleyball team. And she's just the coolest person ever. We're going to talk so much about this because I have so many questions as to how she did it. She's now a GEM fellow at Syracuse University getting her master's in bioengineering. And I'm so, so incredibly proud of you. Um, again, I'm really, really excited. Maya and I were the only two black women in our chemical engineering class that graduated in May of 2020. And we got extremely close. <laughs> um, I very much attribute, of course, like I have to give credit to myself because like there was something within me that pushed me, but having Maya there was crucial um, to making me feel comfortable even being in that space. So Maya, I tell you all the time, but thank you. Um, and we're gonna jump right into it. What does being black mean to you? Well, first Camille, thank <laughs> you so much for having me on the show like you know you mean the world to me and I'm so thankful for you and honestly I think you're one of the only reasons I was like oh I'm not going to change this major like I have to push through this like you were so supportive I was like if this black girl can do it I know I can do it too <laughs> I was like we're we're in this together like I'm just so grateful for you but um yes yeah, so what does my blackness mean to me um I think that's a very complex question personally um I think my blackness is fluid I think that my blackness means to be relentless and like constantly questioning everything because, you know, I feel like I have to work twice as hard as my non-black peers and, you know, I just never want my blackness to kind of push me into a box. So that's why I think I value knowledge and research so much and I think that's why I'm a scientist now because I want to make sure like I have all the knowledge and all the um, information available to me so that like, you know, what when it comes down to it, comes down to it, it's not like my color of my skin is what's limiting me from something. Like I know I have the knowledge, I know I have the power to overcome. You know. So, did you have a concrete memory of when you first found out that you were black? Eight years old, maybe it was. I'm not sure if you know what this place is called, but it's like called Limited. It was a Libby Lou, sorry, <laughs> and it's like Limited too. Do you know like that store possibly? Okay, so. <laughs> At Libby Lou, they have this party setup you can do. Like, so it was me, I was the only black girl there, and there was like, I think, a couple other white girls. And at this place, they give you hair makeovers and they give you like makeup for kids and all this stuff. And it's like a whole thing. So I remember watching every single white girl go in front of me and get their hair done and like with the glitter and all the little beads and all this stuff in the hair. And then it's my turn and my hair is, my hair is in plaits. <laughs> like my hair was braided, like my freshly done hair. And I remember it was my turn to go up there and they were like, well, we can't use the gel in your hair. Like it's not gonna break, the combs were like these small little Barbie doll combs. They're like, we can't put this through your hair. And I was kind of like, but I wanna be like part of it. and. I remember this girl was like, well, it's because your hair is nappy. And I was like, nappy? <laughs> I was like, what? I don't know what that means. Like, my hair is not nappy. Like, the way she said it, I was like, obviously it had a bad connotation. So I was like, what do you mean I can't get my hair done? So I was like, that was the moment when I knew I was different. 
and then I think a concrete memory of me like have realizing what race really is was like probably late honestly like middle school I would say like when we were in seventh grade probably I was sitting at lunch and <laughs> there's this girl in my class I'm not gonna say her name obviously I <laughs> I still vividly remember this incident she was sitting across from me and like I remember this guy had a crush on had a crush on her so I was like oh if I act like her she'll like me he'll like me and so she like had this weird laugh. I wouldn't say weird, that's rude. She had like a funny laugh. And I was like, oh, I wanna try to mimic that laugh because then the guys will like me. <laughs> and so I was doing this like really, it was not a natural laugh, obviously it wasn't natural. <laughs> and I remember all of them turned and looked at me and the guys that they were with like started making monkey noises towards me. And I was like, taken aback by that. Cause I was like, oh, <laughs> that is racist. <laughs> Cause I had never like firsthand experienced, you know, like outwardly racism like that. So yeah, so, sorry for the long answer, but that is when I realized I was black. Well, uh, the monkey noises, kids are just so mean. I just mean. Like, and the time. thing is like, they learned it from somewhere else. So it's like half of me looking back is like, okay, like maybe kids like aren't the meanest, but also like they still should be accountable. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so tell me a little bit about like growing up in your area. So you already kind of had those two examples, but like outside of that, how was it? So I would say growing up was definitely rough. Like I've lived in the suburbs of Richmond. So I lived in Glen Allen, Virginia. Um, I felt like I never really fit into like a real group of people. Like I was always traveling with like travel volleyball and like I was involved in orchestra and I was taking AP and advanced classes so already there were not a lot of black kids like in those sectors of the school but I would say it's def it was a def definitely predominantly white school but like there were a close group of black friends that I had made which was nice but I would say it was still definitely difficult being in classes where it's mostly white students or volleyball is a predominantly white sport and orchestra like come on <laughs> like I'm just putting myself into this like nerd category like from the beginning so I would say it was difficult but like my parents really were there for me like my mom was a stay-at-home mom for 17 years or geez longer than that so she was kind of the reason like I wanted to do well academically and focus on school so much because she dedicated like all of her time to make sure we had the best resources available to us like we were at every summer camp we were at every um <laughs> every single STEM workbook she could find, like we were doing it and like, we would get rewards for completing pages and like we could watch PBS after. And I was like, yes, like, this is awesome. Like, I want to spend my summer at STEM camp. Like, <laughs> but honestly, if it wasn't like for my mom staying at home and my dad being able to provide for us, you know, in that financially and in that, in other ways. So like, um, I would say I wouldn't be as like, um, I would have had a harder struggle if it wasn't for like my parents, you know, providing so much for me and like, you know, still allowing me to explore, you know, the things that I want to do. Like my parents never once made me feel like being smart or valuing education as something that's weird. Cause like my father was like the first person in his family to graduate college. So from the beginning it was very much like focused on education and school. So yeah, I would just say growing up was difficult, but it was, it was, it has shaped me into the person I've become today. So and then like going into the Lover College and even now, like how has that been? 
So I would say college was one of those, probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. Like, I don't think in high school I was necessarily challenged to my full potential. Like I, of course I was taking hard classes and I was kind of like half studying and like, I was very fortunate that things rather come easily to me in school. So I was kind of like, man, eh, whatever, like, sure I got an A, but I was like, it didn't mean anything to me. Like I was expected to do well versus in college. I was like, wow, everybody's the smartest of every program. And like, it was just this insane amount of pressure I think I put on myself because I, I would say our peers were pretty supportive. Like I could walk up to anybody and be like, hey, do you understand this problem? Can you explain it to me? Like, I wasn't so cutthroat in the sense that I wouldn't be able to approach anyone else. And I was like in it alone, but I would say it was very much hard for me to realize like, oh, there's someone that's smarter than you in this room. And like, you have to realize you have to put in the work just to be as good as they are. And like, I was already kind of, I wouldn't say disadvantaged, but like I was playing sports. So like, 20 plus hours of my week was like devoted to that and not including traveling and like recovery and you know all the different meetings we had with our coaches and just all the things that come with being a student athlete but they also by being a student athlete that has granted me like you know tutors and like um any sort of re resource I need like I could just be like oh I need x tutor for this class um and I remember side story I remember um <laughs> one class we were taking differential equations and we were taking, um, what else would it be take sophomore year? Cause there was one class we were taking and they said, oh, we don't have a tutor for that class. Like we, there isn't like anybody taking that class. And then they were, they offered someone to um, tutor me in that class who was in our class, which I thought was really funny, but yeah. So that always happened. Like, especially as we got older, like no one could tutor us in the classes cause we were the only people taking. Right. And I was like, okay, but anyways, so. <laughs> Um, I think college was, has really shaped me in another way because I don't think I would have been shaped into the person I am without being really pushed to way past my limits, honestly, because I was spread so thin, but um, yeah. And then do you have advice for your younger self? Yeah, there's like a lot of things. <laughs> I'll try to stick to a few, but like, um, don't focus on things that you can't really change and like, don't focus on things out of your control. And that's in terms of people, situations, or things about myself that I couldn't change. Um, also, like, I think I shouldn't have entertained things as long as I did or entertain things that don't serve me. And I also think that I can only be the person that I am in this moment. So I, I really shouldn't stress about the future or the past as much because truly these things are out of our control. Like clearly, as we've seen from the pandemic, I had this whole plan for what I wanted to do and then things just kind of got thrown off the rails and like I had to learn to be more content with where I am right now, but obviously striving to be better and striving towards the future and meeting my goals, but like, you know, I have to be in the moment and like definitely focus on things that are in my control, so. So I'm super excited about this conversation because we are going to be talking about being Black in STEM. Um, I made the joke to Maya and my dad before recording this, and this is very much going to be a healing session because when I tell you that we were the only Black woman in our major, um, and I think like 
I, I'm sure you can probably attest to this too. Like I, I am used to being like the only black person in a space, not on purpose, but just like where I grew up. But having you was again, so like crucial because it was like, yeah, like if Maya can do it, like I can do it. Like we're going to be able to study together. Like, and I distinctly remember during like junior and senior year when like I knew that you had like tournaments or I knew that you had something like I would like actively try and keep track of like what we had already studied so like when you came into the library like it was like all right like here we are like like do you want to go back do you want to like where we are and I think having like you just as like a genuine connection along with like um Aaron and AY as well like that was just so incredibly crucial not only academically but like for my social and mental as well definitely we needed that so I want to start with when did you first realize that your engineering experience would be a little bit different or very different from other people um I think I realized as soon as I signed my letter of intent to play division one sport <laughs> because honestly ever since I was a kid I was like I know I'm gonna be a like a scientist or like I want to be an engineer. Like I remember deciding 10th grade, like, oh, I'm going to be a chemical engineer. That's it. Like, that is it. (laughs) And I remember I had like one influential teacher, my chemistry teacher. Um, She (laughs) was like, you know, that's like one of the hardest majors you can study in college. And I was like, yeah, but I think I could do it. And she was like, all right. And I remember senior year, she came up to me and she was like, you still want to be a chemical engineer? And I was like, yeah, I think so. And so I knew, I knew from the beginning, I was like, you know, this is going to be one of the hardest things I'll ever have to do. But, you know, I I just want to do it just to say I did it. Like, Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was throwing myself into. So I think also when I was meeting the team for the first time, there was a girl on the team who was an engineer. And she was like, yeah, you know, it's really difficult. And everyone was telling me she's like the smartest person on the team. Like, you know, she's a hard worker. Like, you have to be resilient and like you should be able to do that and I was like oh it'll be fine like I know I'm, I'm good at school like whatever <laughs> it's just like I had no idea what was in store for me so I would just say literally from day one I knew it would be hard. Mm-hmm. I think for me it was a little bit different because Villanova was actually the only school that I applied for chemical engineering every other school that I applied to was for chemistry um, and I don't know why I feel like again like it had to do with um, my dad getting me in trouble and stuff um he was like yeah like have you ever thought about chemical engineering like they're like pretty good at chemistry math like stuff like that and I was like I'm good at that stuff like why not right yeah um I had the opposite experience a teacher literally was like you cannot be a chemical engineer and then I was like pause (laughs) so now I'm going to be like you can't tell me I can't do it right and I realized now again granted like I grew up in predominantly white spaces so I was used to being the only black girl in the class but going into one of the first entry-level engineering classes like it was engineering interdisciplinary something it was like a class that you were supposed to learn about like the different branches of engineering but like I didn't learn (laughs) learn anything (laughs) but I got an A though um right (laughs) I remember we had to like be in groups. I think that was the main purpose of the class. It was just like to work in groups with people because we did do that a lot. But I remember it was like the first day and everyone had to break into these like, I think four or five person groups. And granted, freshman year, you don't really know many people. So I was like, ah, like whatever. I'll kind of like just, you know, see how it plays out. Maybe some people are in orientation groups together. Like they know one another or whatever. So the teacher comes over and was like, hey, like, um, 
I like, do you, are you having trouble finding a group? And I was like, yeah, like if you could like help me find like a group, that'd be cool. And I actually went over to, or she brought me over to a group of white girls. I was like, all right, cool. Like woman in engineering, that's dope, like whatever. And one of the girls said that they didn't feel comfortable and know that I would do the work for the project. And I'm like, we haven't even met before. Um, and like for everyone that's ever been in a group with me in college, like, you know that I'm gonna start that like <laughs> right when it's designed. So I was like, why would they like assume that? And like, I, I think never, even now I never want to be like, oh, like they're doing that because I'm black, like that's why. Um, and I think in other groups, it was like, oh, like, because I'm a girl, they think I'm not smart. And that happened too often as well. Um, but that was like my first experience being like, this is how this is going to go. And of course, I still ended up having to work with them. So I'm like, first of all, you're not even that like smart or whatever. <laughs> and you look at it like, oh, she's not going to do the work. I'm like, why am I texting you at 12 a.m. like finish your part of the presentation? Right. Oh my gosh. Right. I'm like, so yeah, that was kind of like my first jumping off point. And I think it was just unfortunate because again, like you and I didn't really meet until yeah, junior year. A lot of the engineers didn't really get to know one another until junior year or honestly senior year for some people. Um, I studied abroad too. So I didn't even know of your existence (laughs) until... I was always in the other section like I'm like this separate the only black people why are they doing it like this that's something else too I actually made the joke to one of my favorite professors um I'm not gonna say his name but if he watches this you know who you are um and I was making a joke and I was like yeah it was literally me you and Aaron and I was like yeah doctor whatever like you have three of the four black people (laughs) in your class congratulations and he got like so irritated because like he recognizes like it's a problem that like not only that we don't have the representation but like also retention because like there were a few mm-hmm. black students in engineering in general that like eventually switched yeah and like for me like I think all three of us and again AY like we would just kind of joke about it because that was like a means of coping with I know but three like three of the four black kids were in this one classroom that's a problem like <laughs> a huge problem so I I don't know I I think and plus I think our our department in general was just a piece of work well, yeah we'll, we'll to that. be really nice about it like a yeah. piece of work um but I want to hear more about like I there were so many times that I wanted to switch my major I literally thought about it until senior year um <laughs> until second semester senior year I was like switch my major right now um but of course like you were a d1 athlete so like could you like walk people through like what a normal schedule for you would be like and like how that of course affected your experience with STEM yeah so it was there's two kind of sides to it so we had like our in-season schedule and then out of season so in-season practice every day. It doesn't matter like what the schedule is. We will have practice every day for at least, I would say like two and a half, three hours. And then like you train afterwards, which means you're going to lift or some kind of recovery. And then we also had like our mandatory time where we had to go see our trainer, where we had to complete like other exercises. And that wasn't counted towards our like, um, I want to say it was like 20 hours was the cap. 
Wow, I should really remember like the details. I feel so far removed now. <laughs> but um, there was like a number, certain number of hours each week we couldn't surpass. And so a lot of things fell onto us doing our own time, meaning like we had to watch our own film on our own time, come into the, to the coach's office on our own time. So, you know, from the morning, so say freshman year, I had class at 8.30, get up, go to a class. And then I had class until 10.30 or 11, quickly run to lunch, run to the coach's office or run to my trainer, or do whatever I need to do to prep for practice. And then we'd have practice around like two o'clock. And then I know I wouldn't get done till probably like 5.30, mm -hmm. six o'clock. And then I was like, okay, now I have a little bit of time. I can eat dinner <laughs> before I go to the library and study. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and from then I would study until, geez, with you guys until, it depends if we have a test or not. Cause most of the time it was like <laughs> a lot of time wasted laughing and joking, but that was like the only time we had to like really release like from the stress of day to day. But I would say I would leave around 10, 30, 11. If it was an earlier night, go to bed, do it all over again. And so I just became this like sort of robot trying to juggle you know, all the assignments that were due, all the time I'm missing, trying to keep in touch with my professors and also trying to teach myself this material that's already difficult, like mm -hmm. trying to teach to myself. So it was a lot of time that I just, I didn't really feel like I was a part of the university until truly like later on, I would say until like junior year, maybe I felt like I was like, oh, I go to Villanova. Like, you know, I represent Villanova, but I don't feel like I go there because I'm gone most of the time. And I would say like spring season is when we have our, well, right after season ends, we have this like down dead period is what it's called, where we're not allowed to practice or do anything. And unfortunately, my coaches gave us, you know, the winter break off. So I was able to go home and, you know, do nothing <laughs> for like once. <laughs> and then I come back and then, you know, that's when it, we hit the ground running with spring training. But, you know, it's not as bad at first because we have like our eight hour weeks. So it's only a little bit of training here and there with lifting and stuff. And then it gets crazier again. And then we start playing in tournaments and traveling again, but it's not as heavy as fall. So spring was the time when I really felt like I was part of the school because I could go to the basketball games and like, um, you know, enjoy a night with my friends <laughs> and just have some sort of social <laughs> interaction. But it was so busy. I would say a lot of our time, even in the spring, like hanging out was me in the library with you guys. <laughs> like it turned into this like fun thing. So fortunately I met you guys to be able to do that. And also I met like a very, very close knit of girls. Um, shout out to them. They know exactly what I'm talking about. They got me through it because, you know, we had dinners together and stuff. But honestly, a lot of the social time was like, in the library which is so sad but true <laughs> so I would say that's a schedule do you miss the first four um <laughs> like you're gonna be like no this is how twisted it is because I was so stressed like I I was telling my sister this the other day like all of junior year I literally could like feel my heart beating like all the time like I was so stressed all the time and <laughs> I miss like going into the library, like not even necessarily to study per se, okay, yeah. even though like I, I do think I am very school oriented. So like even like with working, like it's it just is different because um, I think I just do better with um, like school deadlines because there's still deadlines at work, but like school deadlines and like actively studying and things like that. Um, right. But like 
we literally created a group of friends that like if you went into the library at 10 p.m at, like everyone would be there like all on the first floor with like very like all the tables that were like relatively close to one another right and I genuinely miss it sometimes I do not miss the um again um how did I say it nicely earlier the work that our department <laughs> needs to do on itself but like coming into the library and just seeing you guys like I distinctly remember when you and I started studying together I've never like the librarians literally would have to come over to our table and be like can you stop laughing like this like you don't understand what I've been through this week okay like, are we engineers like we're not <laughs> we literally would not be studying we would just be laughing at like air no. <laughs> but we were so delirious and stressed out that like everything was funny like to the point that like we'd be like all right like we're not going to study there for 30 minutes like you go sit over there I'm going to sit over here <laughs> and we're going to do it and then like 30 minutes we're going to like come back and laugh together <laughs> we had our separate quarters um I would say I missed that part of it yeah but I don't miss the high stress all the time sort of environment that was created so like because I felt like I was stressed at volleyball and I was stressed like at school like I was always stressed and like there was like a period of time like half of my college experience I was dating someone and I was just stressed yeah like, all the time so I felt like it didn't really I think the little burst of happiness is like what I savor the most because like without that little just a little bit I don't know how I got through it truly I just completely unhappy all the time <laughs> and not to discourage anyone from wanting to do STEM or <laughs> we're STEM. gonna get to that because I do want to talk about advice that we have for people that are either in STEM or considering STEM especially black women because I think we not not, not even that we, we need it the most but I do think that it can be intimidating I was intimidated to go into a predominantly white male space and be able to like own my space so we definitely are going to talk about that but before we do I want to hear more about how your experience has either been the same or different as you went to your master's. Okay, so different, like so okay. different. So I'm currently at Syracuse University, for those who don't know, <laughs> and I'm a gym fellow. So I was able to receive funding that for underrepresented minority students. So thankful like that they're Syracuse University was one of the schools that like reached out to me and wanted to promote diversity. And when I came here, I was like, whoa, there's a lot of black people here. <laughs> like I walked in, like when I walked into the lab, I was just kind of like, there's a black person in every single lab bay. Like I've never seen this before. And like we, in our classes, I'm on Zoom and like, I, I just, some, the first day I just was like scrolling through the people. I was like, oh my God, I was counting all the black people on my hands. It was like more than on two hands. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was so thrilled. Like Syracuse has done like an excellent job, I think at promoting diversity. But I would say it's from a perspective of like being, you know, at Villanova where there's four black people in this entire program versus like coming here, it's like, I just received an email actually earlier today where all of the workers in like our health center, 50% are non-white. Like that is just crazy to me. And like how they just constantly are like, here's funding for you if you need it, like apply to this for funding. Like, I just think it's so crippling that, you know, my mom, I was actually talking to my mom about this, how blacks 
students with bachelor degrees, only 7% are in STEM. Like that is so bad. And then, you know, 16% of um, all STEM students are women. That's so low. And then, you know, black and female, what, what are the chances of that? That's just like gone. So coming to Syracuse, I was like, just so, also black females. I have five black female engineer friends. Like that is unheard of. <laughs> So I'm just cool. excited. Like I, I think that's also another thing coming here. Like um, I've kind of transitioned from you know this like self doubt all the time because coming here like no one has ever made me feel like I can't do something that I don't want to do. Like I was I was in a random group. Oh, what do you think? Oh, I'd give my opinion. Okay, let's go with that. Like no que no question about it. So like coming here has really just gave me so much confidence because I'm like oh, I'm kind of an adult now. So like I can kind of like be more independent and like with research, I think it's cool because I can just, you know, make my own schedule come in on my own time. But like just seeing the diversity here, it's just truly motivating to me and like makes me want to be better and learn more and, you know, do everything I can. So Villanova's got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, I think the main thing for me as it relates to Villanova's engineering program was of course, like they, they just need to support their students more. Yeah. And they need to support underrepresented students more as well. Like there, I do think that there needs to be, um, I won't say necessarily like a division, but there needs to be intention. Um, yeah. They are actively trying to support their students. And the thing with the groups, like I distinctly remember Thermo, um, I asked a question because again, I did go abroad sophomore year, second semester, and I came back junior year, first semester. Um, I hadn't been there. So like, um, you guys took fluids together and thermal one together. So like, not that everyone was friends yet, but like everyone did kind of know who people were. And I came into the class and I think I asked like what Maxwell relations were. Like I was like, oh, okay, are these differential equations? Like what's the purpose of them? And literally for the rest of the year, my like homework group wouldn't let me help with the homework. Now, like most students would be like, oh, like whatever, like doing well on the homework. But no, in engineering, like you need to do your homework to do well in the class. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and because I asked one question, like they're like, oh, like, don't worry about it, Camille. Like, we got it. And I'm like, how is that helpful for anyone? Like, I'm like, you're putting more work on yourself. And like, again, like I ended up talking to the main person that said it because I was like, first, it's disrespectful that you would even say that. It's weird that you wouldn't allow me to ask you a question because I, I thought he was smart enough to, you know, answer whatever my question was. And you're disadvantaging me because I'm going to have to then do it by myself instead of the point of the class was to work within a group to do the homework. So right. it's really, really cool to hear you be like in a group you've never, you know, felt like that weird, like it's almost like not competition, but just like as Black women within this type of space, like you almost have to like, prove that you're smart enough to even like talk within the group not even for your ideas to be like used but just like for your ideas to be like considered and it was I think that was like one of like the stumbling blocks for me because I was like oh like okay like whatever I just won't ask questions and then like I would do it well on exams and then I would get stressed and then it was just like a cycle that I feel like a lot of minority students again specifically black women might face because we got we got the we got the external factor of the fact that we don't really have representation there. A lot of the STEM field in general is not really inclusive of anyone outside of white men, 
and we're trying to pave the way for ourselves without a lot of examples because there's not a lot of representation for us in the first place. So like, again, for me and Maya to see one another was like crucial. Like you said, five black female. Yes, isn't that crazy? Five, five, <laughs> five. that's wild. Which is still not a lot, but it is. But still like we were only us the world. to have that. That's, <laughs> that's gross. Right. Um, but I do want to give advice to Black women pursuing STEM. So do you have any advice for, in Black Black people in general, but I do want to take time out to literally talk to Black women that are hopefully watching. What advice? I think my biggest thing is like, don't tell anyone or don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something. Because for me, I get so, like you said, I don't like when someone says, are you sure you want to do that? Or you can't do that. I'm like, what, what makes you think I can't do that? Like, what about me gives off the vibe that I can't do that? I just, that to me is just like lighting the fire for me to want to do something more. And I just think that don't, just because someone else, you know, hasn't done that or you don't have an example for that doesn't mean that you, you won't be able to do that or succeed in that. There's no engineers in my family. I don't know anyone with in my family or with connections to engineers so it's kind of like well I know this will be a lot harder because I don't have you know a connection and end to like pursue my career but I was like it'll be fine like I will make a way for myself because you know my parents have you know been there for me and they're like we'll be there with you every step of the way but like it's going to be hard like letting you know it is going to be hard but like I think it's completely possible I mean honestly I did it so like you can do it <laughs> Like, I am not really, like, the best example I would say because I was trying to do a sport, but, like, if you really want to do something, you can do it. So, yeah, I think that's what I fully agree. And I think my advice, too, is once you get into that space, own your space. Because I think a lot of times, at least when I was first starting out, like, I felt very unseen And like that was for a multitude of reasons, whether that be because of my interactions with professors or other students or whatever the case may be, but people like notice you. And I think being in engineering, like people will always assume that you're smart because you are smart to even be an engineer, to even even think that you could pursue engineering, you have to know, or you have to have done something in your past to think that you're smart. So like, kind of like what Maya said, when you get there, like everyone around you is going to be smart. It's not just necessarily just going to be you, but own that space. I think I similarly just kind of doubted myself. like, oh, like, well, I'm not the top of my class anymore. So like, maybe I'm not like that smart anymore. And like something that my dad told me before going to college that I really didn't process until I actually took my first (laughs) engineering exam my sophomore year was that a lot of universities actively try to take like the top 10 top 20% of whatever high school you come from. And statistically, there has to be an upper and lower half. So like, even though you might be the top of your class in high school, sometimes you might fall below that average. And that's perfectly okay, because you have to be able to take a step back and understand like, what I'm doing is important. Other people are watching me. And above all else, like this is something that you want to do. So actively try to own your space, whether that be asking questions in class, reaching out to people. If you have other Black people in your classes, like talk to them. It's not, 
It should not be a cutthroat thing. I lost, one of my professors tried to make it into that and like that's not helpful for literally anyone. So reach out to your black engineers or even STEM majors that like will understand like your um, type of study schedule and things like that because like we have to lead on one another. Um, because now, even though like I didn't have any engineers in my family, like I, I, I'm adding to the representation within my field, which for me is more important than just my diploma. So keep going and reach out if you need anything. I'm gonna be putting um, uh, Instagrams or like social medias in the description box. So if you feel comfortable and you want to reach out, you definitely can. Um, and then Maya, do you have anything else that you want the viewers to know before we wrap up? Um, I think, you know, this is so general, but, you know, just respect each other. <laughs> this world needs a little bit more compassion and love right now, especially. And like, you know, it's just like the human decent thing to do. Just you could totally disagree with someone else's political beliefs, opinions, but still, you know, be compassionate and, you know, still show respect for the other person, because I think this world really needs more love right now. So. I think that's why. <laughs> so thank you so much for talking with me, Maya. Again, I miss you so much. And I hope that I can come visit Syracuse. Yes. In the upcoming year, we're going to try and talk about that. Um, and I really appreciate if you decided to watch and tune in next week for another Being Black video. Thank you.